Everything you do is making an impact in this world. This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. How dare you? And I feel like it's my responsibility as a human being. So what? The world is at stake. You're listening to Eco Chic, a podcast about climate, sustainability, and eco-conscious lifestyles. What, like it's hard? Hey y'all, welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura Diaz. I'm happy to have you. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're safe. I hope your family's safe. And I appreciate you hanging out with me today. This episode is heavily, heavily inspired by Netflix Tiger King, a docu-series focusing on exotic animal zookeepers and breeders. If you haven't watched Tiger King yet, I would definitely suggest it. It's a juicy TV show. And if you haven't watched it yet, I'm curious as to how you've avoided it because I feel like every corner of the internet is talking about Joe Exotic, the main character in this dramatic true story. Joe Exotic is a big cat breeder and zookeeper. He ran a zoo in Winewood, Oklahoma with tigers, lions, bears, monkeys. He even bred ligers. And he interacts and cross paths with a handful of other big cat enthusiasts, if you want to call them, zookeepers, breeders, sketchy characters all around. I don't feel like this episode is a spoiler at all if you haven't watched it, but just an FYI, the one spoiler line that I will let you in on if you haven't watched Tiger King is that Joe Exotic is currently in prison for a whole slew of charges, including nine counts of violating the Endangered Species Act. Tiger King as a whole is a wild expose on animal abuse and exotic animals in captivity in the U.S., The most striking one-liner statement of the series reads that there are more tigers in captivity currently in the U.S. than there are in the wild around the world. The show says that there's about 4,000 tigers in the wild, while there are between 5 and 10,000 in captivity in the U.S. alone. While Netflix definitely featured tigers and animal abuse and really horrible roadside zoo situations, it focused primarily on the people and honestly the sheer craziness going on in this circle of exotic animal sanctuaries, quote unquote, I really needed more about the tigers. Justice for these cats, what are we going to do about big cats in captivity? That was my final sentiment. I just needed more about the tigers. And for that reason, I'm so excited for you to listen to my conversation today with Brittany Pete, the director of Captive Animal Law Enforcement Division for the PETA Foundation. PETA is the People for Ethical Treatment of Animals. Brittany was featured in Tiger King speaking about captive animal law, the animal abuse allegations that are brought against Joe Exotic, the Big Cat Public Safety Act. She works on behalf of animals who are held captive in roadside zoos, circuses, aquariums. She has personally overseen the rescue of hundreds of animals from sketchy, unethical situations. We're talking about 400 chinchillas, over 30 bears, big cats. There are a lot of animals that are subject to abuse in this country. We talk very heavily about tigers specifically and what's going on with tigers and big cats in captivity. Brittany and I get into a lot today, starting with just the landscape of captive animals in America, really setting the scene across the board, and then we more specifically get into tigers, big cats, the issues with cub petting, And for you as an individual, how to tell the difference between a true sanctuary and a pseudo-sanctuary. Something else that's such a treat is that Brittany really pulls back the curtain, tells us more about some of the scenes and some of the people, the characters, in Tiger King. We talk about Carol Baskin's Big Cat Rescue, who the PETA Foundation currently has lawsuits pending against, and some more behind-the-scenes info on the show and the people that are featured. America does truly lack regulation of captive wildlife. Brittany and I talk about the Animal Welfare Act and where it needs to go and the new currently proposed Big Cat Public Safety Act that was mentioned very briefly at the end of Tiger King. 
We do also mention Blackfish, which was a similar expose-style documentary on SeaWorld. If you want to go back and watch that, I would definitely recommend it if you have any interest in animal welfare. And I also asked Britney about animals and entertainment. I bring up that viral photo of Doc Antle behind Britney Spears before her super iconic 2001 VMAs performance. I'm going to share that photo on the Eco Chic podcast Instagram page so that you can see it if you haven't. But that performance, while it's kind of a historic pop culture moment... I now have a lot of distaste for animals and entertainment at all, and I'm glad that Brittany can break down animals and entertainment for you and I as a consumer. Animals, exotic animals, zoos, sanctuaries, I feel like it's very normalized in our lives. And thankfully, Tiger King has come out to open some of our eyes as to what's going on behind the scenes at some of these places. Are these animals truly being taken care of in a loving, ethical way? Are they getting adequate space? Are they living lives that they're supposed to be living? And while this podcast aims mostly to talk about climate change and sustainability, I'm a big believer that if you care about the earth, you need to care about every single little being. I think that you're inherently an animal lover if you're an earth lover, and I don't need everyone to go out after this and become this big frontline advocate for animals, but I want us to be aware. I think that it's so important for us to be, yes, more conscious consumers, but also more aware of the injustices that are being normalized by our society. So yes, there's a lot of issues with Tiger King. Yes, it's really good TV, But at the end of the day, let's focus on the situation we have at hand with the cats. How can we more ethically acknowledge and take care of these animals that are already part of our lives in captivity, being promoted? For entertainment value, really, it makes sense that we are drawn to big cats, that we're drawn to exotic animals because it's so different and it's majestic. And maybe when you're young, you love going to the zoo because you just love animals. But at the end of the day, let's take a step back and say, like, what's really going on here? Are we normalizing these things just because we are gaining some sort of entertainment value from it. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. I always suggest that you rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy it, but I also want to say that this is a good episode to share with a friend. If you've sent anyone a Tiger King-related meme or made a joke or watched it with a friend, make sure that you send them this episode because, again, it really does peel back the curtain. It's a juicy one. I really enjoyed it, and I think that you'll really enjoy it as well. So rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to get in touch, Instagram is the easiest way, at Podcast, where I mentioned I'll be sharing that photo of Britney Spears and Doc Antle. We're on Facebook. My email is always down below if you want to get in touch as well. Let's get into it. Let's talk big cats with Brittany Pete, the PETA Foundation's Director of Captive Animal Law Enforcement. Brittany, I'm really excited for this conversation today. I really can't wait to get into it. I would love for us to start with just setting the scene of what wildlife in captivity looks like today in America. I think a lot of people will be shocked to to hear that conditions for captive wildlife in roadside zoos across the United States hasn't changed much in the past hundred years. We still frequently see tigers and bears pacing back and forth on concrete floored prison cells that are 10 by 10. These animals who in the wild would explore home ranges of hundreds of miles who are only able to take a few steps in either direction for their entire lives. We see primates who are held in in solitary confinement, being driven mad, picking at their own bodies, creating bloody sores, And this is the norm at roadside zoos across the United States. 
Wow, that's a really powerful image to think about. I'm also curious to know in your eyes with the cases that you deal with, what the largest affected group of animals is when it comes to animals in captivity. I'm just curious, especially after watching Tiger King, like we were talking about uh, before the call, and just are cats the biggest issue? Are bears the biggest issue? Are there primates? Like, what do you think is the most affected group that you deal with? It's so hard to say because they're all affected so significantly in different ways, but there's no denying that tigers fare extremely poorly in captivity in in the United States and that the tiger cub petting industry that's featured in the docuseries Tiger King is the primary contributor to that. We have a huge captive tiger overpopulation crisis in the United States that is directly fueled by the cub petting industry because these cubs can only be used for a few months at a time. There is a constant cycle of of cruelty where the tiger mothers are forced to push out cubs. Their babies are stolen shortly after they're born, which causes horrific trauma to both the babies and the mothers. And then those cubs who should be sleeping 18 hours a day are forced to work often 12 hours a day. Um, We've seen inspection reports from the U.S. Department of Agriculture describing tiger cubs who are so exhausted from being forced to work hour after hour that they have to literally be dragged across the floor um, to force them to interact with, with the public. Also, these exhibitors can line their pockets. Absolutely correct in saying that it's about lining pockets. When I think about the greed that has to be associated, just this ultimate financial driver of all of these horrific situations that these animals are put in, it's really stark to think that a lot of people are buying into these roadside zoos or buying into some sort of animal interactive experience because they think they love animals. So why wouldn't they want to support this so-called rescue organization or whatever it is? So I feel like it's also really hard from the everyday person, like consumer standpoint to say, this isn't okay, or this is something that I shouldn't be supporting in any capacity, whether I care about tigers or not, whether I want to see a baby tiger or not. I think that's probably really hard for people. Absolutely. And I think tiger cubs are really cute. There's no denying that. And, and tigers are majestic, dangerous, mysterious creatures that we're all fascinated by. And so I certainly understand the draw, but I think that the, the most important thing that people need to keep in mind if they're faced with the decision of, of whether or not to interact with a baby tiger is, you know, your few minutes of fun with that tiger cub sentences them to a lifetime of cruelty. And often that cub will not see his or her six month birthday because once they age out of cub petting, they're a financial liability to the exhibitor and many of them are simply killed. And nobody nobody wants to be responsible for that or contribute to that. And, And that's the most important reason to never ever support cub petting. Wow. Is is cub petting really the one big activity that's like the red flag? Is there ever a situation, I'm curious to know, is there ever a situation where the zoos, the roadside zoos, these attractions, is it ever okay? Is there ever a point where it's like truly an honest rescue organization or it's truly an honest effort to keep these animals protected in some capacity? 
Absolutely. There are a number of reputable sanctuaries across the country that do provide excellent care for captive wildlife who've been rescued from abuse and neglect in roadside zoos, the pet trade, circuses. There are a number of ways to tell the difference between a reputable sanctuary and a pseudo-sanctuary or a roadside zoo. True sanctuaries never ever breed animals. They never allow direct contact between members of the public and animals. They never buy or sell animals. And the focus at true sanctuaries is on the well-being of the animals, not on profit and not on the visitor experience. And the easiest way to tell if a facility that you're interested in is a true sanctuary or not is to look at whether or not they're accredited by the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries, which is an accrediting body that has the highest standards of animal care across the world. And uh, Big Cat Rescue, which is featured in Tiger King, operated by Carol Baskin, is an example of a true sanctuary. Um, Some people are walking away with a misimpression of Big Cat Rescue. Their enclosures are not accurately portrayed. I've been to Big Cat Rescue several times myself. The enclosures are actually much larger than what you're able to see in the docu-series. The docu-series shows you hordes of people waiting to get into the sanctuary, misleading viewers into, into believing that there are hundreds of visitors to the sanctuary overtaking the facility every day. Well, that was a one-day event that Big Cat Rescue holds every year where they have around 600 people. And it's a fundraiser for Tigers in the Wild. And they were able to raise $30,000 for true tiger conservation projects in the wild uh, on that one day. But the documentary doesn't tell you that. Interesting. I would have never known because you're totally right in saying that. The edits that certain people got, that certain situations got, As a viewer, I was eating it up. I think that's the point. It's a Netflix show. It's getting people to want to watch this craziness really unfold. But I'm also so stuck on the idea, the closing statements really of the show were about animals in captivity. And I think I mentioned this to you earlier. One of my biggest takeaways or the things that I was really left wanting more information on were the tigers and what are we going to do about the tigers and justice for the tigers. And when we're talking about true sanctuaries, when we're talking about people who truly do want the best for these animals, one of the biggest gaps seems to be that there's very little in terms of exotic animal law and like captivity law. So I would love to hear your thoughts and your kind of reflections on where we need to go from a legal perspective on how to make sure these animals are continuing to be truly protected and truly supported in some capacity. I think a lot of people are really shocked after watching Tiger King that I mean, Jeff Lowe, Mario, Tibro, they're felons. They can't own a gun, but they can own you know, in in Jeff Lowe's case, dozens of deadly predators. How is that legal? How how is that possible? You know, how is it possible for your neighbor to to have a tiger in a cage in their backyard? And so I think people are are starting to wake up to the lack of appropriate regulation of captive wildlife and large predators in particular in the United States. And currently in the United States, the federal government has uh, what's called the the Animal Welfare Act. It's regulated by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and it provides minimal, truly minimal 
standards for a limited number of animal enterprises. It covers commercial activity of warm-blooded animals. So, so tigers are covered and roadside zoos and circuses are required to have a license under the Animal Welfare Act. But the standards are so backward and, and inappropriate that really the only standard that they have for, for space, for tigers, for example, they essentially only have to be able to stand up, turn around, and be able to take a few steps in either direction. And that's considered providing an animal with appropriate welfare. The Animal Welfare Act is far behind the times in terms of animal welfare science and what animals truly need to be able to survive and stay sane in captivity. There is legislation that is pending in Congress right now called the Big Cat Public Safety Act that would prohibit the private ownership of big cats, including tigers, and it would also prohibit direct contact between members of the public and big cats. So if we were able to pass the Big Cat Public Safety Act, tiger cub petting would be a thing of the past. And one of the biggest issues affecting captive animal welfare in the United States would be resolved immediately. And so we definitely encourage everyone to reach out to your federal representatives and tell them that you want them to support this critically important legislation. And as problematic as Tiger King is, it has the potential to create a groundswell of support for legislation like the Big Cat Public Safety Act that can put these criminals out of business and, and prevent the horrific cruelty to animals that's been occurring at their hands. Wow. Thank you so much for laying that all out. I have to think, and I don't mean to sound too like devil's advocate about this, but when we're talking about outlawing private ownership of big cats, I have to imagine in some capacity that that would kind of leave a breeding ground for an underground black market trading system. Does that make sense? Is that something that I'm kind of making up in my head? My thought would be now we would have a problem with this black market sales of cats. And, and that's certainly possible, but given the, the scale of breeding and abuse that's happening right now above ground, it's not a big concern that I have. Tigers grow up really quickly and they get really, really big and they're really, really dangerous and really difficult to maintain. So it's not easy for people to hide tigers. So a black market in live tigers would be so minuscule. You know, it's, it's definitely, there's, it's no justification for not addressing this real issue of cruelty that's happening right now. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. You're completely yeah. right. A tiger that's a year old, it's still a giant animal. How would you hide that from your neighbors? How would you hide that in any capacity? And how do you continue to maintain that animal? Like they were showing that they have this Walmart meat truck of just yeah. meat that they're dumping into these facilities. And it's a lot to maintain an animal underground, quote unquote, I would have to imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think that that's a big concern, but we have with the Big Cat Public Safety Act, we have an amazing opportunity to solve this problem and to put Jeff Lowe and Tim Stark and Doc Antle and Mario Tibro out of the animal abusing business for good. Wow. And my final thought, I guess, beyond the conversation of tigers, I was thinking, switching gears a little bit, really, if we are to talk about animals in captivity and 
we briefly talked before the before the recorded portion of this, we talked a little bit about animals in captivity with blackfish and the idea that there are also a lot of marine animals that wouldn't be covered under that original protection act of all warm-blooded animals. And people do seem to be waking up to the injustices that are really happening when it comes to marine animals. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that entire different sphere if you interact with it at all. Sure. Yeah. So so marine mammals are covered under the Animal Welfare Act, but fish, for example, um, you know, other marine wildlife that aren't mammals are not covered. Horses are not covered under the Animal Welfare Act. Birds are not currently regulated under the Animal Welfare Act. There are millions of animals in the United States in laboratories and zoos and aquariums that are not regulated at all. So we have a lot of work to do to adequately protect these animals, but ultimately they shouldn't be held in captivity in the first place. Yeah, I completely see what you're saying. Wow. Well, Brittany, I'm curious to hear a little bit about what you're working on now and the Big Cat Public Safety Act. Is that really like on the forefront of your mind right now of where we have to be focusing our efforts when it comes to animals in captivity and regulation? uh, Or is it elsewhere where people may not be thinking? Well, the Big Cat Public Safety Act is something that is really important and everyone can be a part of of passing. In the meantime, our legal team has a number of lawsuits that are currently pending that are, are working to end the worst abuses of animals in captivity, including tiger cub petting. We have a lawsuit pending right now against both Tim Stark and Jeff Lowe, who are featured in, in Tiger King. And we just won our first tiger cub petting lawsuit last week. That lawsuit was against a Florida facility called Dade City's Wild Things that has done a lot of business with Joe Exotic over the years. And we we finally now have a federal court order stating unequivocally that prematurely separating baby tigers from their mothers and forcing them into interactions with the public violates the Federal Endangered Species Act in the United States. So we're, we are very excited to have that order. Dade City's Wild Things has reportedly closed its doors for good now, and we rescued the final six tigers from that facility earlier this week. Um, they arrived at their new sanctuary home yesterday, and we're really excited about what we're going to be able to do with this, with this court order to end cub petting in the United States. Congratulations. That's really exciting. I'm so glad to hear that. And you know what? I know I keep saying like last question, last question, but as you're talking, (laughs) I just have so many things that are running through my head when it comes to animals in captivity and when it comes to injustices. And I know that you also work with animals that are in the entertainment industry and work really. And There's this photo that you may have seen, and it's of Doc Antle behind the scenes with Britney Spears before her 2001 VMAs performance, an iconic performance. I'm a big, like, 2000s girl, and (laughs) I'm so curious to hear a little bit about what it looks like when animals are being used in entertainment correctly versus incorrectly, and is there ever a place for animals? Is this kind of like what we were saying, that there are true sanctuaries. There are, maybe there are true reasons to have animals in entertainment. What does that field look like? Yeah, there is no way to humanely use a wild animal in entertainment. They're wild animals. And we've seen and and we've shown in undercover investigation after undercover investigation 
that the reality for animals behind the scenes in the entertainment industry is beatings and food deprivation and horrific cruelty to force them to perform these silly and unnatural tricks. We have amazing technology now, whether it's CGI or the ability to use existing footage. There's simply no reason to use wild animals in entertainment anymore. And so one of PETA's calls to action following the success and the fervor around Tiger King is to renew our call to celebrities to pledge to never again work with wild animals. And Britney Spears will, will certainly be part of that. And we're hoping that, that Tiger King will also prompt people to think about the tigers and the bears that they see on their TV screens in addition to those that they see in cages at roadside zoos because it's just as cruel. Brittany, this has been so juicy. I feel like you have (laughs) just opened my eyes to so many things. I'm so glad. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you so much again for just educating me. I feel like there's so many things that happen, things like roadside zoos, things like seeing animals on TV that you assume are okay just because they're so normalized. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I'm so taken aback. Yeah, it's a it's a big, big problem, but one that we're really, really excited that we're able to have these sorts of discussions now, you know, now that people are starting to think about it after seeing Tiger King. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me again. This has been such a treat and such an eye-opener. Oh, thank you so much. I was really, really glad to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity. Y'all, I'm like still on a high listening to that episode back. I enjoyed the conversation so much. I hope you learned a little something. I hope you gained something from this episode. If you did, I want to hear from you. All of my links will be down below if you want to get in touch with social media, if you want to get in touch via email. We also had an episode yesterday with Brooke Harris of Good Milk. That's a great conversation if you're interested in knowing more about additives and fillers in your alternative milks and why it's important to be more aware of supply chains and sustainability. And it was a really good like Shark Tank style episode if you're looking for something like that. Again, I hope you have a great day and I look forward to talking to you very soon. 